it's done. Lionel Messi, arguably the greatest player that's ever lived, is a PSG player. Unbelievable. We have Jonathan Johnson here joining us to discuss what this means for PSG as we look ahead to Mauricio Pochettino and the tremendous squad that he has available to him, what it means for Messi and his new teammates, and so much more. This is a packed episode. I can't believe I am saying this. Lionel Messi and PSG. Que golazo begins right now. Magic, Jordan, Barkley, Bird, Malone, Ewing. The 1992 Dream Team changed the game of basketball forever. Dream Team, Birth of the Modern Athlete, is now a new five-part original series streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. The documentary takes you deep into the greatest basketball team ever assembled. With never-before-heard audio interviews from the players themselves, hear from the team as they break down the greatest exhibition game ever, Team Magic versus Team Jordan, and how the torch was essentially passed. You can watch Dream Team, Birth of the Modern Athlete, a new five-part series now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo on this special Que Golazo, a very important week, a very important summer, and we need the very best. Jonathan Johnson, how are you, my friend? Have you slept? <laughs> Not in the last couple of evenings. It's, uh, you know, it's been a very crazy time. Uh, you know, certainly one of the more memorable experiences of my time covering the, the, the PSG project. But uh, looking forward uh, to a bit of holiday later this week. Absolutely. And by the way, as you are listening, the Lionel Messi and the PSG deal is not done yet. But this conversation right here on Kego Lasso is about PSG and Lionel Messi and what that would look like from both uh, a perspective on the pitch as well as uh, Pochettino's own situation and uh, looking ahead, of course, to reclaiming Liga. Because remember, PSG are not entering Liga as defending champions. So this is a major thing. So, JJ, the first thing I want to ask you is this. We've already talked about how much this means for PSG and Messi. I want to talk about Mauricio Pochettino. Mauricio Pochettino entered this and little did he know that a year from or a season or half a season after he entered PSG that he would also have the kid from Rosario entering as well as Kylian Mbappé, as well as Neymar and everything else that's come with it, Donnarumma, et cetera. So what do you think? What, what is the, I mean, this is a fantastic problem for Pochettino, but what, do, what does Pochettino do with PSG, with Lionel Messi in it? Well, obviously he's absolutely spoiled for choice. I mean, I think if you look at the PSG squad as it stands without any departures, you know, you can make pretty much two full starting 11s of very high quality and have the bench to match as well. It's, uh, you know, it's a it's a headache that I think any uh, coach in world football would, uh, would would absolutely love to have at this moment in time. And, you know, the only people who are perhaps in a similar situation to him are some international coaches like Didier Deschamps, for example, who has, you know, a massive well of talent with the, the French national team. So, you know, Pochettino, it's been an interesting start to life uh, with PSG. Uh, obviously, he arrived mid-season. Uh, like he said, they didn't win the Ligue 1 title. They did uh, manage to win the Coupe de France. They also picked up one of two Trophée de Champions because uh, the Trophée de Champions from last season was played uh, sort of just after Pochettino actually arrived. So it's it, it's been fairly bumpy. Obviously, there was all that speculation in the summer about Pochettino maybe wanting out. Uh, and then you know PSG managed to... 
convince him to extend his contract by using the option that they had in the deal from when he arrived. Uh, and then the players started to, to come in, you know, Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, uh, Hakimi, Ramos, uh, and now Messi as well. So it's, you know, so it's, it's really funny because there's a lot um, of sort of um, coincidences that, that link Pochettino and Messi. You know, Pochettino was still a player when Messi made his debut for Barcelona. He was playing for Espanyol at that time. Uh, you know, they both have the very strong connection with Newell's old boys. Obviously, uh, you know, both um, Argentinians flying the flag uh, in Europe. Uh, and it's, uh, I think it's huge for, for Pochettino because let's, Let's let's be fair to him. He's someone who has achieved good things in the game. Uh, you know, managing to take Tottenham to the Champions League final, for example, got PSG playing very well. Um, you know, getting past Barcelona and Bayern Munich in the Champions League before falling short against Manchester City. But there's always this um, criticism of, of Pochettino that he's not somebody who brings in major amounts of silverware. You know, and this this team, if any team was ever made. To, to dominate both domestically and, and on the continent, it's got to be this PSG squad when you add Messi to it. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many ways that we can go here, okay? So, all right, let's play a fun game here before we uh, before we get into some other dynamics as well because uh, just give me, like, give me your starting 11 with Messi in it or PSG. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of working over two possible ideas one would be that Pochettino sticks with the four rough four two three one which has basically been his go-to formation uh since he arrived and when he arrived he pushed Verratti forward into that makeshift number 10 role so uh you know obviously as as um we've we've already discussed there is the possibility that one of Nabas or Donnarumma is going to miss out in goal. And then if you're looking at making a back four, you've got Hakimi who's just come in at a big cost. He's definitely going to start uh, on the right. Uh, then you've got Marquinhos and, uh, and and Sergio Ramos who would go in the middle. But playing a back four would make it quite complicated to accommodate Ramos, Marquinhos and Presnel Kimpembe. Now, with Juan Bernat still a way away from being back to full fitness and potential involvement, there is a case uh, for Kimpembe being a solid option at left back, uh, a makeshift option. I don't think he'd be particularly happy about that. But I think it's a, it's a possibility. And then you move forward to the midfield. You've got Verratti and Wijnaldum, who would probably be the two best suited players uh, to sort of play in a, in a defensive role. You could make the case for Paredes as well. But I don't think somebody who's as technically limited as Idrissa Gay is going to get much of a look in, for example. And then when you're moving forward to that attacking unit, I imagine it will probably be Di Maria on the right, Neymar on the left, with Messi in the middle and Mbappe playing in front of him. Now, you know, on paper or in theory, that might work. But Mbappe hasn't exactly shone um, in the sort of number nine role so far. And Di Maria, as great as he's been, uh, as, as fantastic as as the, the years in Paris have been with him, he's looking kind of leggy. He's looking a bit older now. And I'm not convinced that Di Maria is going to be absolutely nailed on in any starting 11. Uh, and that brings me to the second potential 11. I think... The 3-4-3 three, three is, is much more workable for PSG with a potential issue on the left-hand side. Uh, you know, you're still going to have that battling goal, but then you can you can accommodate Marquinhos, Ramos and Kimpembe in, in a central mid, uh, defensive three. 
Uh, and then moving forward to the midfield, you've got Hakimi in the middle of the park. He can move up and down. Uh, you know, he can put in a shift defensively, but he's also a danger going forward, as we saw when he scored at the weekend. Um, and then you've got, again, Verratti and Wijnaldum uh, in the middle. Uh, and then you've got Mbappe and Neymar flanking uh, Messi in the attack. But the only the only issue there would be the the left-hand side because Di Maria, like I said, he's aging and it's... It is difficult to see him putting in enough of a defensive shift to essentially play wing back. So that could bring someone like Kazawa into play uh, or Bernat once he returns to full fitness. I mean, I think if if he does get back to his best, Bernat, you know, could actually benefit in, in that sort of formation. Yeah, here's one thing I'm thinking, because one, one thing that I've been noticing from Lionel Messi in the last few seasons is, the you know, aside from the fact that he's a tremendous offensive player and he likes to shift as well, he can just not be in the center, he can go left, he can go right, but he likes to drop deep a lot. He likes to control that ball and also see what's in front of him, allowing other players to come in. So to me, when you think about all this incredible offensive firepower from PSG now, the 3-4-3 makes much more sense, I feel, because then it allows Messi to have a little bit more freedom to drop a little bit deeper and actually alternate. Di Maria, as you rightly mentioned, is the one that I'm looking at saying, where does he fit in all of this? Perhaps not, in a, with all due respect, with uh, mid-to-bottom table teams in League A. Perhaps that's when he gets his starts and Messi can maybe recuperate in a Champions League week. But in a major tournament, in a major game, that's when I think the Maria is probably going to spend more time on the bench. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And the other thing as well that I would point out, and it's something you always have to offer up as, uh, you know, sort of a caveat with PSG, is how often are all of these players going to be fit and available at the same time? You know, we've, we don't see Neymar and Mbappe, uh, you know, regularly available together with the likes of Verratti as well uh, on a regular basis. Certainly not as regularly as as PSG fans would like. You know, it was a real struggle for Pochettino in his first six months to actually, you know, have a full strength squad available to him to actually pick his starting eleven. Uh, and I think that's what also makes this so interesting because Pochettino is not wedded to any system just mm. yet. He's still trying to find. Uh, you know, that's that strongest starting 11. And with so many new additions to the squad, you know, he's basically starting all over again this season. So I wouldn't expect to see any sort of consistency in his selections until the Champions League group stages kick off. But, you know, also in the debate that we've had about, you know, where Di Maria potentially fits, let's not forget that PSG was sniffing around uh, Theo Hernandez of AC Milan. And, you know, you think about that, if you put him onto that left-hand side. I don't think, uh, I, I should clarify that I don't think that it will happen now this summer. But if you just have somebody who's a guaranteed presence, like I said, if, if Bernat made a full recovery, he could fit that role quite well. But I think if you can sort out maybe a more consistent presence uh, on the left-hand side, maybe even experiment with someone like Wijnaldum, that is a very complete lineup. You know, because if you, if say if Wijnaldum could put, put in a shift there, you could then bring in somebody quite combative in the midfield like Paredes, and that gives you more of a ball-winning presence. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you this now. I want to focus now more on the individual situation and the individual narrative. The first one is the obvious one, a very close friend of Lionel Messi, Neymar. Neymar Jr. Um, what does this mean for Neymar? Do you think you'll see a happier Neymar at PSG as well? Uh, I mean, obviously just one as well, uh, Copa America, et cetera. He feels good. Uh, what does this mean for him and his and his trajectory? 
I mean, I think Neymar's future in Europe now is at PSG. He signed the the new contract a couple of months ago. You know, we had to wait for it to to be made official, but uh, you know, we did eventually get there. Uh, and I think he's he's in it for the duration. I think he'll be very happy uh, to see Messi arriving at Parc des Princes. You know, and I think Mbappe will also find it very appealing uh, the the possibility to play alongside Messi. You know, at least for this coming season, if not longer. Uh, and it's it, it's going to be interesting as well to see sort of how it works out um, in the attack because we've seen PSG try to persevere with Icardi. I mean, okay, he scored in the opening game of the season this weekend against Troyes, but it's it's not really worked. Uh, you know, aside from the first few months when he was on loan, it, it's something that I think you know would suit best both parties best if they go their separate ways at some point soon when a suitable offer is is presented. So you know, I can't see past uh, the main three attackers uh, being Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, but I do still think that Neymar will be hugely important to this uh, to this side. You know, we've seen when he is able to put himself at the disposal of the team, it really changes things for PSG. I remember having, uh, you know, we, we were talking about it with with our friend Jimmy Conrad a couple of months ago when PSG overcame Bayern Munich. When Neymar didn't try to do it all himself, uh, you know, really invested himself in the, in, in the team, uh, you know, that's when he really came to the fore, not necessarily providing goals, but, you know, picking out assists like from Marquinhos away at Bayern Munich. You know, and and if he can play that sort of role on a more regular basis, you know, him linking up with with Messi and then you know exploiting the speed of Mbappe, the, the possibilities for PSG in attack is frightening. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, here's my other question, uh, one that I feel that needs to be talked about more. We have a former Real Madrid captain, a Real Madrid legend somebody that commands the dressing room, somebody that's going to be very vocal, somebody that's going to be extremely attentive to what's going on inside and outside of the pitch in Sergio Ramos. Now with a former Barcelona captain, a Barcelona legend. I mean, in the universe of universes, we never expected that these two will be teammates and now they're going to be that. What do you feel about that? And specifically, I'm thinking about, you know, the conversations inside the dressing room, etc. I mean, it's incredible to me that we're going to see Sergio Ramos and Lionel Messi in the same team. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that they, you know, probably never imagined a day where they might play alongside each other. <clears throat> the one thing that I would say is I think there's always been uh, a mutual respect within the, the classic rivalry between Real Madrid and Barcelona. Obviously, there's a lot of animosity, but it's, it's good animosity. You know, it was competitive. Uh, and I think now uh, both players will be able to put uh, those rivalries aside, you know, let bygones be bygones, uh, you know, and come together for the for the, the greater collective good. The thing that I'm really interested in uh, is what Ramos, what once he actually gets involved and plays some minutes for PSG and a messy make of the PSG dressing room, because obviously a lot has been made about how sort of the different groups of players, uh, you know, how they how they how they blend. You know, we saw under Thomas Tuchel a, quite a united PSG, which managed to make it all the way to the Champions League final, uh, lost out to Bayern Munich, but then ultimately imploded uh, the following season because they'd really gone as far as they could under the German. Uh, you know, and it, it'll be interesting to see how Ramos and Messi together with Pochettino can, you know, make sure that everybody uh, stays in line. You know, we saw 
pretty big-headed Kylian Mbappe this summer at Euro 2020. You know, some of the stuff that he was doing uh, in front of the press was pretty out of character with what we've seen from him uh, in the early days in his career. And I think, you know, having guys with the experience of, of Ramos and Messi, it's really going to put a lot of people in the PSG squad uh, in their places. And I think that yeah. that... Humble them. Humble them, yeah. That, I mean, that, that could really, uh, you know, benefit Pochettino, especially as he tries to stamp uh, his authority on this uh, side. And as I said earlier, you know, actually work out what his strongest 11 is. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I think uh, the, the more the, the likes you have of players like Sergio Ramos, Lionel Messi, like legendary players, it's going to create this humbling experiences, even for the World Cup champion, Kylian Mbappé as well. I think I think as well, you know, you have to bear in mind how many players in that PSG squad at this moment in time speak Spanish. You know, mm -hmm. so the ability for Ramos and Messi to actually take on quite senior leadership roles in a short space of time, the potential is there. Yeah, absolutely correct. All right, it's prediction time. Just really in initial gut reaction, like I can't believe you're doing this so early reaction time. All right, is PSG winning the Champions League, Jonathan Johnson, with this team? I mean, I'm going to have to... That wasn't a pause. Uh, that wasn't a frozen. That was JJ really thinking in his head, what am I going to say right now? Come on now. Come on. Yeah, Let's I mean, I don't, don't want to... <laughs> JJ, if PSG, JJ, if PSG with this team, don't win the Champions League. You need to make sure that this club retires from the game completely. This is absolutely unbelievable. This squad is ridiculous. And they need to win the Champions League. I mean, what are you... Okay, I'll, I'll make it easier for you, JJ. What are the chances now of PSG winning the Champions League? I mean, I think the chances have to be massive. And I think if PSG don't... Uh, capitalize on this squad that they have in the next uh, season or two. And I, to be honest, I really think it needs to be this coming season. Uh, you know, then I, then I think that, you know, there are some, re some really big questions have to be asked. Uh, you know, I think it's, like I said, the only potential, I mean, if assuming that PSG do go 3-4-3, the only potential area now to strengthen is on that left-hand side. I mean, it's it's as complete a squad as you're ever going to get. I'm sure Pochettino is going to be able to work it out, find a way to make it, uh, you know, fully functional. And, you know, you have to fancy PSG to, to go all the way in the Champions League uh, and win both competitions domestically. You know, if PSG were to be shown up domestically, that that would be outrageous. You know, we can't we can't take anything away from Lille uh, and the fact that they won the title last season because they deserved it. But also the fact remains that it was the worst domestic performance from PSG under Qatari ownership. That won't be acceptable this season. So they absolutely have to make sure that they win both trophies domestically. But they'll be motivated as well, considering that they've now gotten over that hump. You know, they've reached the semifinals, they've reached the final. Uh, you know, and I think they'll be motivated based on the disappointment of underperforming against Manchester City uh, last season. Let's not forget that that Mbappe was missing uh, in that second leg. And, Good point. And, you know, he'll, he'll feel very motivated uh, and you've got guys as well, you know, like like Messi, who, you know, might be looking at this as their final opportunity to, to try and win the Champions League one last time. You know, Messi's already made a good start in terms of his Ballon d'Or credentials with the Copa America. So it's, uh, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a big season for many, many players uh, in this PSG squad. And I don't think that there's really many options other than to get to at least the final uh, and if not win it. Yeah, absolutely. But can he do it on a cold night in Lorient, JJ? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we will find out.
We will find out. Jonathan Johnson, always a pleasure. Make sure that you follow him on Twitter, John underscore Legossip. Read his content specifically. This one as Lionel Messi and PSG become a relationship. Absolutely amazing. JJ, thank you so much, my friend. Likewise, thank you very much for having me on. Always a pleasure and looking forward to more of this. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Golasso. You can watch this video and so many others. Spotify, Stitcher. Make sure that you go to cbssports.com and your CBS Sports app. Follow us for the rest of the week as we have plenty of content. Premier League previews. La Liga previews, Serie A, which, by the way, you can only watch on CBS Sports and Paramount Plus and so much more. Season two, Kego Lasso, it's going to be ridiculous, ridiculous. And we're here for you for all of it. See you next time. <laughs> 